catechesis was St. John Paul II. Prayer Papa Wojtyła's Catechesis at the General Audience on Wednesday the 14th of March 1979. During Lent, we often hear repeated the words prayer, fasting, almsgiving, which I have already mentioned on Ash Wednesday. We are used to thinking of them as pious and good works, which above all in this season every Christian must accomplish. This way of thinking is correct, but not complete. Prayer, almsgiving and fasting must be understood more deeply if we want to insert them more deeply into our lives and not consider them simply as passing practices which demand from us only something momentary or which only momentarily deprive us of something. With such a way of thinking we will not reach the true meaning and the true strength that prayer, fasting and almsgiving have in the process of conversion to God and of our spiritual maturation. The one goes hand in hand with the other. We mature spiritually by converting to God, and conversion takes place through prayer, as well as through fasting and almsgiving, properly understood. It should perhaps be said at once that it is not only about momentary practices, but constant attitudes, which give a lasting form to our conversion to God. The liturgical time of Lent lasts only forty days each year. We must instead tend always towards God. This means we must continually convert. Lent must leave a strong and indelible imprint on our lives. It must renew in us the consciousness of our union with Jesus Christ, who makes us see the necessity of conversion and indicates to us the ways to realize it. Prayer, fasting and almsgiving are precisely the ways that Christ has indicated to us. In the meditations that follow, we will seek to glimpse how deeply these ways penetrate into man, what they mean for him. The Christian must understand the true meaning of these ways if he wants to follow them. First, then, the way of prayer. I say first because I wish to talk about it before the others. But by saying first, I want to add today that in the total work of our conversion, that is, of our spiritual maturation, prayer is not isolated from the other two ways which the Church defines with the evangelical terms of fasting and almsgiving. The way of prayer is perhaps more familiar to us, Perhaps we understand more easily that without it, it is not possible to convert to God, to remain in union with Him, in that communion which makes us mature spiritually. Among those of you who are listening to me now, there will certainly be a great many of you who have your own experience of prayer, who know its various aspects and can make others participate in it. We learn, in fact, to pray by praying. The Lord Jesus taught us to pray, first of all by praying himself. He spent the night in prayer, Luke 6.12. Another day, as St. Matthew writes, he went up the mountain alone to pray. When evening came, he was still alone up there.
Before his passion and death, he went up to the Mount of Olives and encouraged the apostles to pray, and he himself, kneeling down, prayed. Seized by anguish, he prayed more intensely. Only once, when requested by the disciples, Lord, teach us to pray, he gave them the simplest and most profound content of his prayer, the Our Father. Since it is impossible to include in a short speech all that can be said or has been written on the theme of prayer, today I would like to highlight only one thing. All of us, when we pray, are disciples of Christ, not because we repeat the words that he once taught us, sublime words, the complete content of prayer. We are disciples of Christ even when we do not use these words. We are his disciples only because we pray. Listen to the Master who prays. Learn to pray. He prayed indeed for this reason, to teach us how to pray, St. Augustine affirms. And a contemporary author writes, Because the end of the pathway of prayer is lost in God, and no one knows the pathway except the one who comes from God, Jesus Christ, it is necessary to fix one's eyes on him alone. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He alone has travelled the pathway in both directions. We must put our hand in his and start out. To pray means to speak with God. I would dare even to say more. To pray means to find oneself in that one eternal verb, through whom the Father speaks, and who speaks to the Father. This verb was made flesh, so that it would be easier for us to find ourselves in him, even with our human word of prayer. This word can sometimes be very imperfect. It can, at other times, even fail us. Yet this incapacity of our human words is continually completed in the verb, who was made flesh, so as to speak to the Father with the fullness of that mystical union which each man who prays forms with him, which all those who pray form with him. In this particular union with a verb lies the greatness of prayer, its dignity, and in some way its definition. Above all, it is necessary to understand well the fundamental grandeur and dignity of prayer, the prayer of every man, and also that of all the praying church. Thus the church reaches in a certain way as far as prayer, wherever there is a man who prays. We must pray basing ourselves on this essential concept of prayer. When the disciples asked the Lord Jesus, Teach us to pray. He answered by pronouncing the words of the prayer, Our Father, thus creating a concrete and also universal model. In fact, all that can and must be said to the Father is contained in those seven requests, which we know by heart. There is such a simplicity in them that even a child learns them, and at the same time such a depth that an entire life can be spent meditating on the meaning of each of them. Is this not so?
does not each of them speak to us, one after the other, of that which is the essential for our existence, turned totally to God, to the Father? Do they not speak to us of our daily bread, of forgiveness of our sins, as we also forgive those who trespass against us, and of preservation from temptation and deliverance from evil? When Christ, responding to the disciples' request, teaches to pray, pronounces the words of his prayer, he teaches not only the words, but teaches that in our colloquy with the Father there must be total sincerity and full openness. Prayer must embrace everything that is part of our life. It cannot be something supplementary or marginal. Everything must find in it its own voice even everything that aggravates us, that we are ashamed of, that by its nature separates us from God. Precisely this above all. It is prayer that always, first and essentially, demolishes the barrier between us and God, which sin and evil can have put up. Through prayer, all the world must find its right reference, that is, its reference to God. My interior world, and also the objective world, the one in which we live, and thus as we know it. If we convert to God, everything in us is turned towards Him. Prayer is the expression of such a turning towards God, and it is at the same time our continual conversion, our life. Holy Scripture says, for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return on high without having irrigated the earth, without having made it fruitful and sprout, so as to give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, thus shall it be for the word that comes from my mouth. It shall not return to me without effect, without having performed that which I desire, and without having accomplished that for which I sent it. Prayer is the way of the verb, who embraces everything. The way of the eternal verb, who traverses the depths of so many hearts, who leads back to the Father all that which in Him has its origin. Prayer is the sacrifice of our lips. It is, as St. Ignatius of Antioch writes, living water that murmurs within us and says, Come to the Father. With my apostolic blessing.